Welcome to Less Than Silent Hills. I'm one of your hosts, Brock Wilbur. And I'm your other one of your hosts, Rachel J. Andelman. And together, we're two stand-up comedians uh, working our way through the entire legacy of Silent Hill, uh, partially because we love it and partially so you don't have to, uh, because uh, finding <laughs> the games and playing them is complicated and difficult. Uh, we love them, but also uh, maybe they could be more accessible and uh, everyone should have a chance to enjoy them. Uh, Rachel, how's life? Uh, life is great. Uh, my shoes hurt, so I took them off. So I'm right now I'm barefoot in an MIT classroom. Oh, just how I like. <laughs> it's such a <laughs> peculiar thing, but it's your thing. And I and I appreciate that. <laughs> Here's the thing, Brock, uh, is that MIT is an open campus, so I hang out here basically like it's my house. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> uh, it is uh, flagrantly open. Um, I don't know why they have that <laughs> policy, but I appreciate it, and I take advantage of it every single day. <laughs> I like that you're like, it's, it is perhaps too open. It is flagrantly open. I enjoy that. How are things in the Violently improv world open. going? <laughs> Violently open, god damn it. <laughs> how, how is the improv world treating you? It's great. Uh, as our audience may or may not know, I'm an improviser in the Boston area. I'm on a sh- little show called Face Off. Uh, the show is a weekly show. Uh, and for the last uh, two shows, I've played a trash can uh, and I'm hoping to make my uh, trash can hat trick uh, this uh, uh, this show right tonight. <laughs> I uh, I just came back from a, a, a few weeks in uh, Los Angeles. Um, did some stand up there, and I was reminded uh, how much I don't love audiences in Los Angeles. Uh, I, but also, not the biggest fan of audiences in the Midwest. It is possible that I don't like audiences, uh, and that I should just <laughs> stick entirely uh, to podcasts. Uh, it is. It is just a big weirdo time to jump between two uh, regions of the country and be like, what one region finds funny, the other does not. But also people in Los Angeles just refuse to get involved in the show Mm. emotionally or even looking at the stage. So that that makes it harder to get everyone on the same page. Yeah, Uh, I just like to do I like to do a lot of crowd work, a lot of just extremely aggressive crowd work. Until people like have no choice but to uh, laugh at what I say. I feel like most photos I've seen of you performing are of you entering the crowd like a production of Cats, like directly grabbing somebody <laughs> not from the front row, but but through through several rows and a few rows back, and you're like, "Hello, I've brought the show to you, to your face. You are in it now." Yeah, <laughs> I think it's because I think what I discovered at some point, well, first of all, I think it's an instinct I've had for a long time. Um, uh, when I was a kid, I used to be a soccer goalie. Uh, and when you're a soccer goalie as a, like a six or seven year old girl, you realize that uh, most of being a goalie is just really like owning your box uh, and like really like uh, pushing uh like like pushing out from the box and uh like really owning the space and then uh as a stand-up you realize it's really just like being a soccer goalie when you're six years old you just uh you're really aggressive you get in people's faces but uh people uh you know they just they respect that and they and they ultimately i think they appreciate that uh so this is a little bit of a different episode for us um we have we have been doing the show long enough that we've done Silent Hills one through four and the movie, 
And before we enter into uh, a slightly darker period of more complicated games, uh, <laughs> we wanted to do a, a quick little lap back here because with Silent Hill 1, we were sort of like, I get it, but I think I'm missing something. And it was also our first episode. And then our second episode of all time, we had to uh, pick apart uh, one of the densest, most complicated uh bizarre pieces of art in all of video games with Silent Hill 2, and we were not uh, equipped to do so in under two hours. Uh, and then we did Silent Hill 3, which is just a bunch of big old metaphors and ideas and th- and just the, the, the most fertile possible ground for player theories, <laughs> I think, ever. Uh, and so all three of them were sort of like, we should circle back at some point. And I think a good way to do so uh, is to to have the guest that we have on today. She has been a longtime listener of the show and and a friend of mine. We write together at uh, Rely on Horror, uh, and uh, she always reaches out and is like, you know, you actually you you guys missed this whole thing with like the cult uh, doing mm. drug crimes and stuff. And it was just like, yeah, no, I'm I I am a, a dense, gigantic idiot baby. I miss almost everything. So. Uh, <laughs> We've invited her on the show today to do sort of just like a, a fun look back at uh, at the series uh, as it exists in the in the fir- first few iterations and talk about uh, some of the stuff that uh, that we may have missed. Uh, please welcome Whitney to the show. Whitney, tell people who you are. <laughs> Hi, my name's Whitney Chavis. I, uh, I've been a longtime Silent Hill fan and I've run a Silent Hill site and I tweet a lot about Silent Hill. What is the Silent Hill site called? I also called? play a lot. <laughs> Oh, it's called SilentHillHistoricalSociety.com. I, I can't promote myself either, so I, I just try to remind others. <laughs> uh, so I was on your Silent Hill 1 stream a month or so ago, which was which raised over $1,000 for uh, for charity, and they sent you a medal. You got a medal in the mail for being so good at helping people with Silent Hill hospitals. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I... I um... I participated in Reliant Horror's charity stream, and that got me kind of excited because I was able to raise money. I, I streamed Silent Hill 1 for them, and then I'm like, you know what? I should do this as well. So I signed up for Extra Life, and I chose a local uh, hospital in my area, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play through Silent Hill 1 to 3 back to back. It was a lot uh, harder than I thought it was going to be, mm. but I was still able, my goal is 1000 I was able to raise $1,000. It was a lot of fun. And so now I'm doing it again, but it's like a year-long thing. I'm hoping to raise more than 1000 for the uh, extra life. But yeah, apparently you get medals. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> so the big the big th- thrust here was like I joined you for the first few hours of your Silent Hill 1 stream. And Silent Hill 1, I think when we did our episode, uh, it was my first time ever playing it. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I had a brutally unfun time with it. And also I think <laughs> my expectations were that it would be just as good as Silent Hill 2, uh, which isn't what that is. Um, it is. Excuse me. <laughs> yep. This is this is what I learned very quickly because you uh, power through so many goddamn playthroughs of that game. And as you were doing your stream, and I was there, I didn't I didn't have much of anything to say because everything you were saying was like, oh, th- here's an insanely cool thing here that like actually gets a callback later, and here's like a texture on the wall that's actually taken from a '90s Schwarzenegger movie. I was just like, I don't, I didn't know. <laughs> how dense this was and how much cool shit there was. So it seemed like the appropriate way to make up for the bad job we did on our show would be to have you on and to talk about Silent Hill one and, and two and three, if we, if we get into it, but like, uh, okay. Can we call this our, can we call this the apology show? I love that. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) 
The Apology oh, Show no. would also be a great don't, improv show. Don't feel bad or anything like that. It's just, I mean, I you, just played it. You just have an bunch. encyclopedic knowledge of it, and it's it was so impressive. It's also just like you've you've played through one so many times, and we're like practicing and prepping for this run and like just to watch somebody play that game and be good at it is so impressive to me on on the face and and even before we get into that i i did want to bring up that you you are so involved in this community and it seems like it is a really good community and people have been so positive with their feedback for this show and their support which makes me so happy but also uh i don't know if you know that this is how the internet works but uh some people out there are bags of shit uh, and so you will occasionally highlight and screen cap people from within that community that like somebody will get a cool like imported version of of a novelization and they want to post it and be excited about it. And there's just always some dude in a dick measuring contest that has to post this picture of like, that's nothing. Look at how many things I've got. It's just like you needn't. You don't, and like it is. It is nice that no one ever comes at you with that because your collection of Silent Hill memorabilia is uh, it, it's it's the Scrooge McDuck Gold Vault, but of uh, spooky town <laughs> things. Uh, I, I feel like they would uh, drown in what you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if they did, I I I don't play that game because I think it's really tacky. <laughs> mm. Just be excited for people when they when they're starting their own collections. Everybody starts somewhere and. They get a new item. They're excited to be like, yeah, good for you. What are you looking for next? You know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, every fandom has their douchebags and <laughs> toxicity. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's just best to laugh at it, you know? Yeah. There, there is something nice about <laughs> otherwise, being part otherwise of... Otherwise, I'll cry. It's nice being part of a fandom that is uh, ostensibly dead uh, because we never have to worry <laughs> about uh, becoming the Rick and Morty <laughs> fandom of, like, people flooding McDonald's to yell at people making minimum wage about a barbecue sauce from the nineties that they can't get like <laughs> Silent Hill fans. There's, there can always be a bad element, but we'll never become actively awful again. So that's kind of nice. I do. Unless, I- unless a new game comes out. If Konami raises it from the, from the dead, it goes, Hey, we don't need pachinko machines anymore. Let's actually make a game again. Mm. Then we got to look out. The Rick and Morty reference makes me imagine like someone making a cartoon that's like uh, the way that Rick and Morty is obviously derived from Back to the Future. Like someone making like this kind of irreverent pop culture heavy cartoon that's an obviously a reference on Silent Hill, uh, which I think would actually be kind of amazing. But then, of course, uh, the fans that you were describing would happen. Uh, but <laughs> I just like love the idea of like a Rick and Morty style cartoon, but that's based in Silent Hill, like it, like a like a simulacrum of Silent Hill and Silent Hilly things like happen constantly. Uh, but it's never like it's not it's not Silent Hill, but they've obviously taken from it. I would I would actually watch the shit out of that show. Someone please make it. You you have you have invented an animated Night Vale, uh, and uh, yes, I want it too. <laughs> <laughs> So what inspires you to, to take the time to invent Silent Hill Historical Society and dedicate the sort of time into running a Silent Hill-only website? <laughs> well, I, I started it back in 2009. It was because I was really excited about the upcoming release of Silent Hill Shattered Memories because it was being mm-hmm. touted as a reimagining of the first game. And Silent Hill 1 was always my favorite of the series. So I was super excited and I was kind of like, just on a website making kick. So I decided just to start the site. So it was really primarily, it was a Shattered Memories site. I was just 
I was reading articles and I, I just wanted to share my excitement. So I was posting news and all that stuff. And once that game came out, I like wrote a guide. I was posting character stuff. And um, after that, I had so much fun. I wanted to continue it on for the next games that were coming out. So I rebranded it as like a general Silent Hill site. But it was primarily just like kind of a news site for people to go for the latest Silent Hill news, whether it was for the downpour, um, the HD collection, uh, mer new merchandise that was coming out, and it just sort of expanded from there. Uh, there there's definitely better uh, Silent Hill fan sites that encompass the, the entire series, like um, Silent Hill Heaven, uh, Silent Hill Memories, you know, sites like that. Mine was pretty much just mm. me fangirling over Silent Hill. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you're you're such a huge fan of Silent Hill One, was that something that like it entered your life like right when it came out, or is it something that you came to on your own at some point later? Oh, or? oh no, I I um I was playing it right from the get go, right when it came out. So I've I've been a fan since for twenty years now. Yeah, and it's just. It was always something that I really loved. I, 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 uh, I was, I played video games, you know, since I was a kid, but it was more like I would end up just watching my brother play through things. And it wasn't until PlayStation right. came out, I really kind of dove in and was really playing games on my own. Uh, I think, you know, Final Fantasy VII and whatnot. I was tired of just watching. I wanted to experience myself. And I got into mm. the Resident Evil series. Like I played the director's cut, and then I played Resident Evil 2. I was just really into this whole survival horror thing because I thought it was really fun. And then Silent Hill came out, and once I played that, it was like, oh, this is this is so much better than Resident Evil. I mean, uh, the story, <laughs> it, 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 it's creepier because, you know, it's about, like, this town. It's not what it seems. There's, like, cult stuff. Uh, the sound design is great. The CGI is so pretty. I mean, it just, I was hooked from the first game and then after that Silent Hill 2 came out and it just was like this is the best series and I just continued <laughs> continued on from there and my love really didn't die I always found something in every iteration of, uh, in the series that I could really enjoy so I just it grabbed hold of my heart and didn't let go yeah Aww. <laughs> That's like a, a, that's like that's like what you say at a wedding. <laughs> like I feel like you just <laughs> We've been through it, it, it all. Me and Silent Hill. Well, it's been it's it been like my sort of constant that's, companion that's easy... for twenty years now. Wow. There's always been Silent Hill. <laughs> oh, like a like a dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. Uh it seems like it's the sort of thing that's that's an easy choice to make between the two because I I've I've played both of the Resident Evil remakes and I I played the Resident Evils growing up and like uh if you haven't played either of the first two Resident Evil games they're both the story of either a house or a police station built on top of a secret lab that no one could ever possibly go to work <laughs> in uh because it takes about 8 hours of pushing around like suits of armor and crushing gems to put them into the hands of various statues just to get to the, to the front door of the office uh, and so it is uh, logically difficult for me to enjoy, even though I've, I've come to appreciate them as very fun in their own ways. Is it was it weird as a child to be like, hey, I think I've drawn to uh, the darkest goddamn oh, no. thing I've no. ever seen with Silent no, I, Hill? I, I was always kind of like that. I, I, uh, I'm into true crime. I was always into like weird macabre things. 
uh, as a kid. I loved Unsolved Mysteries. That was like my my jam. In fact, mm. um, in uh, fifth grade, I think we were we were told to write like a short story and be descriptive as possible. So I'm in fifth grade <laughs> and I write this story. It's about this monster oh, that no. lives in a lake, and my descriptions were hilarious. I I think I remember one thing was like blood soaked the ground turning the grass black or something some stupid shit like that but apparently it was very disturbing and they weren't going to allow it in the, the 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 book fair like we're showing our work to the school and i Cowards. Yeah, i was i was Cowards. very upset Cowards. my mom marched into that school and she's like you were going to show her book she worked really hard on it and she was following what the teacher said she was descriptive and the point is i was in fifth grade it wasn't like a very disgusting or anything it was like a child's mind of what would be a scary scene to show it was very very tame we, we can't have children finding out that they have blood inside exactly of them. what will exactly. happen next um <laughs> so i've always been kind of drawn to the weird survival horror type stuff that's always been my jam not so much the horror movies because i don't like more movie gore and stuff like that but i do like reading stories and playing the games and you know hearing about true crime (laughs) well uh, certainly certainly silent hill one does have a big robert stack vibe to it i can i can understand why as a child that'd be pretty easy to to get on board with so what do you find, like, as we begin our apology episode for Silent Hill 1 here, <laughs> what what sticks out to you about the game that makes it singular? And what about it, like, have you learned more about over the years? What keeps keeps you coming back to this one title from 20 years ago? If I'm honest, I think it has more to do with the nostalgia factor, because it was, it was such a mm. different game when I played it. You know, what was out there at the time, it was just so different there was the sound work was completely different like you didn't have soundtracks like you did in Silent Hill 1 where you would just be in a room and it's quiet there's like nothing going on you might hear your radio going off but then you'll hear this and you're like what the heck what's making that noise it's nothing it's just a random noise but it kind of puts you on edge um I I ended up replaying Silent Hill 1 recently several times, you know, in preparation for the Rely on Horror Charity stream and then my own stream and now my my Let's Play of the game. And there's so much I've noticed that really holds up, even even nowadays, in terms of, I guess, the creep factor of the game. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, the graphics are really terrible. It's hard to get used to the tank controls. But once once you kind of get into that mindset, that, that control scheme again, you really notice the little things that make the experience. And it was mainly Akira's sound work and the CG, Asado CG work. It really holds up. Like random shotgun blasts and sewers will make you jump. <laughs> it made me jump. <laughs> but Silent Hill 1 in particular, I really liked the story because... It's vague, so you can kind of put your own, I guess, twist to it. You know, no one really has mm-hmm. the answer because you're always left wondering, like, what the heck? What the heck was their their motive? Why? Why were they even doing this? Why? Why did Cheryl disappear? And it, same with Silent Hill too. <laughs> like, it has a it has a clear cut story, but even there, you have your own questions. Like, did Angela kill her mother, 
Or did she just kill her father? Mm. Did she kill her brother? You know, why did she feel that she had to be punished? What about Eddie? What did he do? Did he did he really kill that dog? Why is he seeing shit? Does Laura see things in Silent Hill? You know, you got all these questions and it, it makes it fun to really discuss. And it's still fun to discuss over the years. I, I think that's what kind of brings keeps bringing me back to the series. Is There's a lot. It's not clear cut. And there's always something you can go back to and go, oh, you know what? I never thought of it this way. You know, you get a different perspective kind of each time you play. But Silent Hill 1, I think it's because it's the first one I played your... it. I really just latched onto that. And it's always been like, oh, that's that's the best one, in my opinion, type of thing. A, a mm. thing I've always enjoyed about what you have is that you've uh, you've used social media to connect with so many of the people that actually made the games. So when uh, when some asshat has a theory and you're like, this isn't even a theory, it's not very good. You just go to Twitter and you ask them like, hey, did you do that? And they write back with, nah, and then you're like, well, that's from them. Yeah, uh, it's, it is the most like you do such good Silent Hill dunks is what I'm saying in general. <laughs> well, it's like. I, I well I, at first I was like oh really is that the it was that the meaning behind the the choice in that name, and uh, Voidberger and Bob they they had done extensive interviews with uh, Jeremy Bostein who did the translation localization for uh, the Sonhol games he even helped he directed um, the mocap sessions and whatnot for Sonhol two he was very very deeply involved and they had an extended interview with him about his work on the series and he had mentioned that he had come up with a lot of the names in Silent Hill 2 like James Sunderland, Lake Toluca, like apparently that was the he got that name from a Little Rascals episode. <laughs> Toluca Lake. <laughs> so little uh, tidbits like that and I saw this post I I never knew that cuz there's a Toluca Lake mm-hmm. in in Los Angeles. It's like where the Bob's Big Boy is that David Lynch ate at every day for 10 years. Uh, so I always kind of thought... Yeah, I, I, I always Little assumed rascals. it was, it was, it was because there was a Lake Toluca in California and their American offices were uh, in California. Um, so when this guy was saying, hey, there's this kid who disappeared in Centralia maybe, and has the same last name as Eddie, maybe he was the inspiration for it. And I was like, oh, well, where do you get this idea? And it's just... Well, it can't be coincidence. And I'm like, uh, Centralia has nothing to do with the games. And it's like, yes, he does. I'm like, mm. okay, you know what? I'm just going to ask the guy who came up with the names for the other shit. So I asked him, and he's just like, no, as a kid, I didn't like in school. <laughs> Which is the best answer. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, thanks. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't go back or anything and tell the, the poster that. I just was like... Okay, now I know for sure that it's not it's not this fan theory, because the guy was really upset because one of the uh, former admins of the Sanhel Wiki had deleted his theory from Eddie's page, and it's like mm, maybe there was a reason mm. to do that. Yeah, I appreciate your restraint in not going back to dunk on the guy. Well, no, this. I wouldn't have that in me. I'd be like, well, 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 well. Yeah, there's no... <laughs> there's no <laughs> Looks like someone else has to mysteriously disappear. <laughs> That's how hard they just got owned. <laughs> no, I, I, there's no reason to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's just a video game. They can be wrong. It's okay. 
Men I do can like be the wrong. idea. <laughs> I do like the idea that uh, like they don't let it go, and they're like, "What if uh, the guy he didn't like from school and the guy who disappeared? What if they were the same guy?" Um, <laughs> he like doesn't like let go. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I appreciate the idea of maybe the kid has just spent his whole life being like. I think somebody dislikes me, but I can't put my finger on who. It's like, oh, you were immortalized in a huge video game series for being just a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who hates dogs and shot a dog, probably. (laughs) Yeah. What if that's what if that's true? What if this is like the in the air tonight, like murder, like theory, like this is how he wanted to expose this guy. Like, I'll put him in the game as the dog murderer and eventually somebody will investigate it. And that's how he goes to jail. Maybe that, somebody that's another good theory. Somebody will think. Yeah. yeah, I said, no, no, I said, that's another good theory. You should you should put it on the wiki. <laughs> what what is the absolute worst silent hill theory you've oh seen. We, we're gonna go into this okay yes let me tell you about the silent hill four circumcision theory that brought down oh my god oh my god yes 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 <laughs> now i'm not familiar with this so i'm very excited to hear about it oh rachel oh this could be its own episode oh i love it so much oh so uh whitney thank years, you for couple, bringing us to this oh this is so good a couple years ago so uh, I've mentioned the Silent Hill wiki several times now. They're, they're, it's a wikia. It's run by fans. Um, there's several admins on it. But one day, there was someone noticed this weird theory on uh, Walter Sullivan's page. I think it was Walter Sullivan. It was like a diatribe about how circumcision is bad. And this is partially why, you know, he's a serial killer. And oh, there's all these... The, these motifs circling back to circumcision and the guy who wrote it he was one of the admins on the wiki people were like what the fuck is this this has nothing to do with the game like if anything son hall 4 is about um motherhood being born your connection to your mother shit like that you know losing a parent how will that Mm -hmm. affect you not about you know getting your foreskin cut there's nothing in that game about that if anything it's antithetical to that game because in the game the parents abandon him Mm -hmm. circumcision is when your parent when your is when your parents are too involved yeah they they left that baby in the apartment and and just went went away so it kind of blew up on twitter and people were kind of making fun of it and then the 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 admin guy was very adamant that, that that this this was a real theory. It deserved to be on the page as a fact. And he was kind of going, I guess, power hungry. He was really, really against circumcision. And he just sort of went crazy. And people dug oh. into it and looked at other wikis that he, he managed. And it was cropping up again and again, like in these other wikis of, of other games. And we're like, what is his deal? And it ended up being a lot of infighting within the admins he was screaming at one admin about uh, uh, hurting her baby or whatever <laughs> and he just went off the rails and he got banned and then they let him back and i think he got banned again but now it's just like this joke <laughs> about the circumcision theory <laughs> and what was funny is during the part of it that i got to encounter was it through a burgers thing which was that his his nonsense actually called the attention of Jeremy Blasting. A lot of people online 
Uh, yes, who are like uh, their their whole campaign is that circumcision circumcision is a holocaust. Oh yes, uh, yes and so yes, yes. it was it was all these people that are full time anti circumcision activists. So they were just diving in, and so like I responded to like maybe one tweet being like, "Hey, this thing looks bad," and it, it's it's one of the first times I can remember just being goddamn flooded with nonsense from people that didn't know me with like. Graphs and graphics that they'd made, uh, and it was just like it, it. It is it is abortion protester level bullshit. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't realize it was, it was just, a hot button issue either long. until this hullabaloo. I was like, oh, okay. It is for fourteen men online, apparently. So I I, I would consider that the most insane theory I came across, just because of how it bled into the real world. I mean, even Jeremy Blasting was like. What? No. No, not nothing at all. Like those monsters and whatnot, if anything, that's like the umbilical cord, not his penis. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I do love the idea that there's there are people who like like you'd show them an umbilical cord and they're like, That's a dick. Like they can. <laughs> they're so dick focused. S- sir, are you here to protest the circumcision of an umbilical cord? Yes. Actually that's the most silent hill thing I can imagine. So it, <laughs> oh my God. it was just oh, it was no. just strange and what was kinda of sad is the this guy, he, he did a lot for the, the wiki. He he spent a lot of his time and hours, you know, editing and whatnot. And I just don't I don't know what went wrong, but he he got very angry and and very upset about this issue and it it kind of it ended terribly. I feel he did put a lot of work into the wiki and I could see why they let him back. Mm-hmm. But then he got banned again and I even had him on my own podcast at one point. You know, talking about the Silent Hill wiki and he he seemed normal. He seemed yeah. normal uh, back then. So I don't know what happened and I I feel really bad. Mm. It it is it is such a strange version of. Uh, of redemptive arcs online because like you can be somebody who's been shitty in the past and then you just have to show people that you've changed and and everyone moves forward together but if you're an actual goddamn lunatic even in just like one area like hey i helped build this beautiful wiki but like if you let me edit so help me god i'm gonna talk about dicks oh i'm gonna talk about foreskin till the cows come home and people are like well then you just can't come back there's just no time for you to be allowed back in here yeah, I, I I think in his, in one of the other hills he he wanted to die on had to do with um, Alex being gay secretly or something. Something that's not really. I don't see it in that game, but that was his his hill hill to die on was was circumcision and and Alex yeah. is gay. You know what? A, a character's sexuality and, and the hidden themes, especially, and as you mentioned here, this series is not big on telling you what's actually happening or, or what the line is. Like, that seems like an interesting thing that I'd love to read what his thoughts are on that. That's not as dangerously insane as protesting circumcision as a Holocaust. Uh, so. Yeah, that was that was too much at the time. <laughs> So to, uh, as part of the stream on, on on your Silent Hill one thing, I, I was so impressed by just so many details on it that it is it, it is such a low poly game uh, that it was difficult to notice things like, for example, in the in the diner and around town, you were pointing out 
that there's Portishead posters mm-hmm. everywhere. And obviously that's influenced mm. the soundtrack in a huge way. And like I was looking at all that. I was like, wow, given a hundred hours, I never I don't think I would have been able to read it. But as soon as you point out as Portishead, I was like, oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I think I have that poster. Like, of course, I see it now. And it's also <laughs> from this like like a number of other things that were in there that were nods like that. It's just a very 20 years ago, uh, low graphical quality thing that people were just like, I don't know, what if we just fucking ripped this off? Like, no <laughs> one's going to come and complain about it. Like, if they tried to do if they tried to do a remaster today, like, they'd have to get permission from so many people for so many uh, things. And they were just like, what if we just wear all of our influences right on our sleeve? Like, just put them right on no, the wall. that's what they there. had to do. I mean, they were trying uh, right from the get go. Uh, the team, uh, Konami, wanted to make a survival horror for the Western market. Best thing they could do was set it in the West. Unfortunately, you know, they're in Japan. They don't really know. So a lot of what they based Sanhol on was Western media, like movies and books and, I guess, bands. They had to really, really lean in on those inspirations and... They made sure to thank them in a big way by blatant references within the game itself. Can you talk about uh, Kindergarten Cop? Oh, yeah, that that is actually... I, I told Rachel um, about this on the that, show. That has made its rounds... It's starting to make its rounds yet again. So back in 2011, uh, there is this um, another super fan. Their name is Gyromancy. They made a post on the SilentHillForums.com. And they're like, hey, you know what? Midwich seems to be based on uh, the Astoria Elementary in the 1990 Arnold Schwarzenegger film, Kindergarten Cop. You're like, what? And then they put little pictures side by side. Screen caps. Hey, look, that poster right here is exact same poster you see in the movie. Hey, the (laughs) outside of the school looks exactly like Midwich. It just went, you know, on and on and on and on. And it, it was just really mind-blowing at the time so people were like wait what <laughs> kindergarten cop and silent hill apparently are in the same universe and it was <laughs> it was rather mind-blowing at the time and i see that the comparisons now um, making its rounds again on reddit this week <laughs> I, I it just I, takes such a sp- particular brain to be like watching kindergarten cop and be like Oh, I did a bunch of murders there. I recognize said architecture. And just, just I, I'll, I'll never have that kind of beautiful mind to be watching one thing and recognize it in that same way. So to see that, I just, I was jaw on the floor when you were explaining that on your stream. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was hilarious at the time. I'm like, you know what? It was probably because they're like, we need an elementary school. What can we look at that will show an American elementary school? You know what? Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was just in a movie. Let's let's watch that because they started um, they started development in the game in '96, so that was still kind of a recent movie. They're like, hey, that was set. There was a bunch of bunch of it set in this elementary school. Let's just watch that, and everything we see, let's just copy it. <laughs> and that that is that is a an American elementary school. <laughs> there we go. I know it's called Kindergarten Cop, but like the last thing I think of in that movie is the school itself. <laughs> like it, it's just such a bizarre thing that I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess there's a school in the movie where he plays a teacher." Like, yeah, let's steal that. It's such a bizarre concept. Yeah, it's not a tumor. <laughs> 
do you know what the town is based on uh, other than like you know just stealing wildly from twin peaks but like were there other were there other huge influences from pop culture that you can see really really obviously in in silent hill one and two well uh, i know i know silent hill two, but recently it was brought to my attention um by someone who was watching my let's play i mentioned that uh some of the early coverage for the game they would always mention how it was a, a midwestern town it was chicago or something because it's by a lake and they were saying that silent hill was there well that got kind of retconned it's supposed to be now the um uh eastern like massachusetts maine all you know new england sort of town mm -hmm. and someone said you know if you take a closer look at the spot in uh, illinois the layout of that town looks like they copied it in Silent Hill because here's this road going this way. Here's the elementary school. Here's a church right by it. It's like, oh, shit, that is the map of Silent Hill right there. I'll see if I can dig it up a little bit later. But it was kind of mind blowing for me that it looks like they based the layout of Silent Hill on a real place in in the Chicago area. Um, they did do they did wow. do some research there, so I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, there's also like Chicago news uh, posters in uh, one of the classrooms, and initially the beta version of the game, the police cars used to say Buffalo, and people are like, "Oh, Buffalo, New York." No, it's Buffalo, Illinois, and so it mm. seems like they did a lot of um, basing it on there. Uh, then Silent Hill 2, for that area, they did a lot of um, basing it on San Bruno, California. It was mainly because the Konami American offices used to be in Redwood City, and it was like right next door. And apparently the uh, apartments in Silent Hill 2 are based on a real apartment building in um in oh, San Francisco. No. Oh, no. Oh, wow. So the, 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 the story goes <laughs> that... The crew was over here, I guess, doing research, taking photos and whatnot, and they just—they were just not finding what they wanted to see for the apartment building. And one of the staffers was like, "Hey, okay, well, I'll take you out to lunch, but oh, do you mind if I stop by my place? I need to go grab my jacket or something like that." And so they followed him to his apartment, and then all of a sudden, they're just taking tons of photos and going, oh, "This is perfect. This is perfect." And so where this guy was living <laughs> became the. <laughs> Blue Creek apartments and whatnot. So yeah, um, a lot of the San Bruno influences were cut from the game. It was like a, a street, I think, uh, Old Neely Street or something. It used to look different, but you could still see some of it within mm. the game. So kind of like they'll just go where they're closest to. <laughs> they don't have to go too far. <laughs> From their office. I do like the idea of how goddamn weird game devs are that they're like, may we follow you home? And then uh, the whole way just standing behind you taking pictures of everything like I thought we were just we're not just grabbing a beer here. We're stealing, <laughs> stealing my life to put into the spooky yes, game. Yes. All right. Cool. 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 I, was like, I wish I knew what uh, apartment building it was, but I have no idea. But recently, a lot of uh, people, fans have kind of gone back and found some of the uh, buildings that influenced uh, some of the cut content from the game, and it's really cool to see what it was then and what it's become now, uh, side by mm. side. I do like the What's idea that like um, 
uh, people are taking photos of your apartment and you're like, this is, uh, you're going to make the apartment look good in your video game, <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to look great. <laughs> it's going to be great. You people will definitely want to come here. <laughs> it's a little bit of a mess right now, guys. Are you going to clean it up, make me look good? Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely no murders in this apartment in your game, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. I don't know. I would have been honored. But like, yeah, I'm in Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah. What is the most fun uh, part of any of the, the games for you, uh, Whitney? Is there like a section? Is there like a, a building? Is there is there something that you're just always excited to get to that point in one of the games? Hmm. Well, I can tell you the places that really suck to go through. But I, um, I'd say like... Um... <laughs> yes, we can do that too. Let's, let's, let's one-two well, this. Well, <laughs> I guess in Silent... Top five worst places to go. <laughs> uh, in Silent Hill? <laughs> well, for the first game, I really like uh, when we make it to the resort area, just because it's an area that a lot of people just run through. But there's mm-hmm. actually a side mission that you can do that affects the ending. And I was really surprised to learn that some of my friends did not know of its existence until now. So there's a side plot in the game that has to do with drugs. You might have picked it up if you went to the police station. You see like a chalkboard saying about, oh, you know, dealer equal manufacturer. Like, where's this drug problem? One of the police officers died of a heart problem, apparently a heart attack, but he had no history of heart problems. Like sort of like little, little bits there. And you're like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? in the town. Well, once you get to this resort area, if you walk into a bar, you'll see Dr. Kaufman on the floor. He's getting attacked by a mumbler. You shoot him and then he gets up and leaves. He's like, oh, you're still alive? Well, thanks. Okay, well, stop wasting time. Maybe the maybe the army will come and get us. I, I gotta go. I got shit to do. He leaves. But then you see he's left uh, a wallet. And you, Harry's like, oh, wallet. Finders Keepers opens it up. You find a receipt with a code on it and a motel key and you just sort of follow these little breadcrumbs and you go to the Indian runner which is what the receipt was from with the code and you see that there's a door with a um a combination code on the on on the door you unlock it you go in there the the place is trashed and you find some more weird notes like you find a a safe key you open it up and there's drugs in the safe you're like okay and then on the counter is this diary, I guess, of journal entries about this guy saying, oh, this woman dropped the stuff off again. I don't want to be involved with the likes of them anymore. And you're like, okay, there seems to be some, mm, tr- this is tying back into the drug problem I saw back in the police station. So you follow, you follow the little breadcrumbs, you go to the motel and you find a motorcycle key, you open up a motorcycle, you find some agliophotis <laughs> there. Dr. Kaufman comes back, yells at you, snatches the agliophotis uh, out of your hand, and then Harry's like, well, that was a waste of time. But it wasn't, because it gives you a lot of backstory about this drug side angle of the, of the game. And a lot of people just missed it completely. So... In San Hall 1, there was two plots going on. There's the cult, and then the cult distributing drugs to the tourists. And they use that drug to kind of stay in power, you know, get people to go under the will. It's what Kaufman used to get Lisa to look after Alyssa. 
without complaint. She was a mm-hmm. drug, drug drug addict. Um, and it all kind of tied together. And that's what I really liked about it is you have to go kind of out of your way to, to see this subplot. It's not spelled out for you, but if you follow the breadcrumbs, you get the more of the full story of, of the game. So I really liked mm-hmm. that resort area of Silent Hill 1. I would say for like Silent Hill 2, hmm, I think probably the most like interesting kind of a creepy area has got to be the prison and then the, the uh, labyrinth. Uh, area because it's just so like I'm going to jump through this hole and another hole and I'm just going to keep jumping down these deeper and deeper holes yet not break my legs and (laughs) Um, James takes a lot of risks he doesn't seem to care he's like well I can't see the bottom but I'm just going to jump and he jumps Uh, Sun Hill 3 actually a lot of that is kind of a slog to play because after a while you get to a point where your environment is just always moving and you're like, I can't concentrate. I can't see where I'm going. I can't find the doors anymore. <laughs> this is slowing <laughs> down my computer right now. I can't see. Uh, and Silent Hill 4 has some creepy environments. I just didn't like revisiting them a second time with mm-hmm. unkillable ghosts and an escort mission. Because Eileen does not like to keep up. And then... I finally get through a confusing section of a train, and then I realize that Eileen is stuck, like, a few, few, few ways back, and I have to go back and get her, and I end up dying, and it was very frustrating. I replayed it recently, yeah. and I, I, I remembered why I wasn't a big fan of playing Silent Hill 4, even though the story is really interesting. Uh, so... The, uh, the the very concept of an escort mission, uh, especially in that game as I was playing it recently, uh, makes me feel like, uh, especially when it's a guy having to lead a woman and she's never following right and always getting killed and making things <laughs> too hard. Like the concept of the escort missions feels like it is video games version of misogyny. Like it's well, just you're. It's designed to make I, you yell I at a woman know. for not being I mean, smart enough to do what she's yeah, doing. Yeah, she gets annoying, but you gotta give her props. I mean, she just got the shit kicked out of her. She has a broken arm. For some reason, the hospital decided to keep her in her evening clothes instead of you know giving her I don't know a, a little like scrubs <laughs> or something. And she's running around in high heels, broken arm tight little dress and she, if you give her a weapon she'll just start wailing on shit she's like I, oh you gave me a purse <laughs> i guess this means i'm gonna go beat that tw- um twin victim over the head a bunch of times and i'll take it out I'll, I'll be your backup man it just it just sucks that she sometimes gets stuck behind a door and you don't realize it until you're a few room, rooms ahead <laughs> so she's a tough cookie it just sucks yeah. that she can't keep up because you know she's half dead you know not her fault right yeah where would you like to see the series go if it if if somebody can bring it back and and it could be anything what would you like to see i would have loved to see silent hills but you know we're never gonna see that are we um see see what silent hills uh oh yeah oh yeah version that got the one that got canceled uh, that looks really interesting, you know, playing uh, the playable teaser, PT. Oh, that was so cool. Um, I guess if we were going to... It would be really cool to kind of see 
the town from the beginning when it was being set up and all the mysterious disappearances were happening. Um, we kind of mm. got a little bit of that with the comic past life, but I think it'd be really co- cool to kind of see like the whole Native American angle and all that, the weird, creepy stuff that happened before Alyssa's um, sacrifice and shit. So go back to the past. <laughs> Is it, like, really terrible of me that I really want a game that's just very much about circumcision? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I think I think uh, that would be, <laughs> that would definitely be interesting to see. I'm just like, give the people what they want. <laughs> uh, there's obviously a lot of interest for a story that is explicitly about that. And uh, I feel like, like, why not? You know, at this point, like, let's do it. But definitely, if, if they did do a, a, I guess this wouldn't really work for your circumcision uh, story, but I would definitely love to see another female protagonist. Heather was so cool, and we only really got her. And Silent Hill, despite most of the protagonists being dudes, it, it's very much female-centric. Like, mm. every every game, there's always, like, this, something has to do with a woman. I mean, Silent Hill 1. A mom sacrifices her daughter and causes this hellscape and then calls back her half of her soul and Terry takes out a god with a shotgun. Sonal 2, you got a guy grieving over killing his wife. Sonal 3 is all about motherhood, being pregnant, maybe abortion. Looking there, about a teenage girl becoming a woman, I guess. Uh, Silent Hill 4, all about mom. And, and like, w- the the film The Wicker Man is such a big influence here, and I, I finally saw that recently, and I was like, oh, you know, there's not that many movies that really lean hard on, on a matriarchal society, mm-hmm. especially one where uh, men are treated uh, literally as fuck objects and their tongues are taken out. Like, it's like, it's like oh, there's, there's a lot of that in some of the cult around Silent Hill. Like, it is a very mm-hmm. female, powerful-centric game. Uh, series uh, without some of those issues. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Rachel's uh, recording just shut down. Hopefully we've got that saved. Uh, If not, we'll do a re-recording very shortly. Uh, Whitney, where can people find you online? Oh, um, they can find me on Twitter at Kemi underscore Roe. I'm also on uh, Twitch, Kemi Rowe. I'm also on YouTube, and now I'm doing Let's Plays, uh, Whitney Plays. Uh, also, SilentHillHistoricalSociety.com. Um, I also have a, a Facebook page for my website. You can also find me there. SH underscore historical is my site's Twitter account. But yeah, those are all my main things. As, as we continue forward in the show and need another break from things, will you A, come back to tell us what we fucked up, but also come tell us uh, what Deadly Premonition and Rule of Rose are? <laughs> well, yes, I, I, I don't know if I'm be the best person for Rule of Rose, but I do know Deadly Premonition. You can count on me. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. All right. Uh, this has been uh, Less Than Silent Hills. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.